0: Hey there, welcome back to Legal Mumbo Jumbo with Houston Divorce and Family Law Attorney Ashley Nicole Green. This is a 10 to 15 minute session where she will discuss frequently asked questions and or provide you with some good old information on how to navigate through those areas. So let's get started with some Legal Mumbo Jumbo. Hey guys, welcome back to season two, episode number 23 of Legal Mumbo Jumbo. My name is Ashley Nicole Green. I'm a family law and divorce attorney here in the Houston and surrounding areas. And today's topic is about what to do when the other parent hasn't returned the ch- your child. This topic came about because... <laughs> Um, I get calls every single week, if not every single day about this topic. And it is a very important topic that parents need to understand their rights. Um, And if you are in a situation where you're keeping a child from the other parent and you have not um, filed any type of temporary, you know, restraining order or extraordinary relief, then you need to understand what you could be subjecting yourself to. And so if you haven't already, grab you a sheet of paper and something to write with because you're going to go ahead and jump right in. <clears throat> so like I mentioned, I get calls all the time about this, and it usually goes something like, Hi, I'm, you know, I haven't seen my child in X amount of days or months. Um, I'm really nervous. The other parent picked up the child won't return it won't return my phone calls hasn't taken the child to school or I don't know how my child's doing and I'm really, really concerned. Sometimes I'm told that a court order is in place and sometimes I'm told that there's no court order in place. So I'm going to talk about both scenarios. This um, podcast may be a tad bit long, but I try to condense it down. So just depending on how much I talk um, and I deviate from my notes, it may be a little bit of a longer podcast, but I really try to narrow down my notes so that I can stick to a good time period. So typically when this conversation comes up, the first question I ask them is, do you have a court order in place? If there's a court order in place, great. Then we know that there's something already established and we don't have to talk about putting together a court order after a um, writ of habeas is filed. If there is not a court order in place, then we have that conversation. But before that, my focus at that point your focus is as a parent as well is to get your child back and to make sure your child is okay. So we will file typically a writ of habeas. Some people refer to it still as a writ of attachment. Um, in the legal world, it, there's some back and forth about that's not the proper term. It's, you know, you should never use writ of attachment. Anyways, I call it a writ of habeas corpus, whatever. Um, In the Latin term, it means bring the body, right? So bring the body to the courthouse. And that's what you want the other parent to do. And sometimes, let me just say this, it's not even the other parent. Sometimes it could be a family member or a friend. Um, I had a case probably about, oh man, like five years ago, five, maybe pushing six years ago now, where some, um, someone came into my office and it was a friend of hers and she took her child um, to um, a whole different county and hours away and would not return her child to her. It was a really interesting situation. So we had to file rid of habeas Corpus. Um, the other person was served. They came to court. Child was returned um, and it wasn't really a good outcome for them. But It does happen. So let me say that this writ of corpus, um, habeas corpus, is not only specifically tied to if another parent takes a child. It could be if anybody takes a child and it is not their right to have the child. It's not their designated period. They don't have any court order in place that says that they're supposed to have the child at that time. The next point that I want to make is that it is very, very important that At the time that you have your hearing, your court hearing in place, you need to make sure that the other party is not entitled to possession and access of the child at that time. What do I mean by that? What I mean is, is if you set your hearing, let's say for a a Thursday, right? And although I don't really think it would happen, but let's just say it's set on a Thursday at 3 p.m. Right, and sc- and it's during the school year, and school gets out at two fifty five. Well, if your hearing is set on a Thursday at, t- at three p.m., and the other parent is um, entitled to possession and access on Thursday at the time school is released, then you are not going to be able to be successful because they are actually entitled to possession at that time. And so, you want to make sure that you have a family law attorney that understands all of the um, requirements when bringing a writ of um, habeas corpus before the court. The other thing to note is that if you are able to prevail and you are successful and you're rid of habeas corpus, then you can't ask for attorney fees um, to be granted. And I will tell you all the times that um, we have brought rid of habeas corpus and we have went to court, we have been successful in getting attorney fees. Now, Have we always gotten the full amount we've asked for? No, because it's discretionary for the court. Have we gotten our client something? Yes, because the court, um, especially if the person prevails on it, um, they want the other party to understand that that type of situation is not acceptable. And so that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, A lot of times um, it's a hard situation you're in. You have to come up with resources and financially, you may be in a bind, but it's something to kind of have a little bit of hope for can't guarantee the other party's going to pay it, but it would would be a court order with a judgment. So I'm going to kind of deviate a little bit. So in my notes, I kind of came up with some hypotheticals. So sometimes people would, you know, and these aren't really hypotheticals. These are actually like questions people ask me. So but I'm saying hypotheticals for this. But one of the things that I usually get asked is, Ashley, but I have this court order in place, or this is my child. I have the birth certificate, or I have something identifying that this person is not supposed to have my child, and I've called the police, and they say they they can't do anything to help. That is something that you will constantly hear, and the reason why is because the the matter that you're asking the um, officers to, to help you with or assist you with is a civil matter, And most of the time, they're going to tell you, well, I'm going to go knock on their door or I can give them a call and I can encourage them that they need to release the child. But there's nothing outside of that that I can do. And that's because officers enforce criminal action. Family law is civil. You have to make sure that you remember that. Now, there is a provision um, that is that involves children that is criminal. And that is whenever interference with the child, right? Um, So like kidnapping or things like that, but it's usually not, the DA is usually not going to pick up charges all the time for something like that. When the officers call in and they're usually going to say, the DA is going to tell them, no, we're declining to pick up charges. They need to handle this in family court. So if you're in a situation and you have hit roadblocks with that, that's the reason why. And you need to go consult with a family law attorney, and you need to take action to file this writ of habeas corpus or whatever other legal action that they may encourage you to do um, or advise you to do at that time. So that's the first thing. Now, you can also file what we call an enforcement. An enforcement is if you have an actual order put in place already. Um, and you would be enforcing the court order. Now, usually when we file writ of habeas corpus in my office, our clients also elect to do an enforcement. It's not required. Okay. An enforcement is also not going to get you your child back immediately. A writ of habeas corpus is going to get you a quick, quicker court date right? It's going to force the child to be released to you if it's your designated period, and you don't have to worry about waiting for an enforcement hearing date, which could be a lot longer. But you still may want to bring an enforcement action to show the court that the other party has violated the court's uh, order, and they have taken an action that's outside of what the court has authorized them to do, and there's no agreement in place for them to do that with you, and so they should also be held liable for violating that order. You can also ask for attorney fees and court costs for that. And that's a whole separate action. Um, That's a whole separate um, hearing. Um, Usually it's not even on the same day. So if you're in a situation though, and you don't have a court order in place, and let's say you've gone through the steps, you've filed your writ of habeas corpus, you've successfully gotten your baby back, you need to highly consider at this point, once you have gotten through that phase of putting a court order in place. Because otherwise, if you're continuing, you know, to um, be in this situation with the other parent, you want to have something established in a court order that designates periods of time where they have... um, the ability to have possession access and when they don't and then if they continue to violate that court's order um, you can bring an enforcement you can ask for bond conditions for um, their periods of possession access there's different things you can do if they continue to violate that but at least you can have something put in place in writing okay so that's in relation to the question, as I mentioned, I get asked a lot, what I do when the other parent doesn't return my child, or as I mentioned, if someone else just doesn't return your child, that is what you do. The other big thing to do is if you have a um, child that attends school or a daycare, make sure you put in, put the school or the child center on notice that you have a court order. Give them a copy of that document. Um, it will prevent situations like this from happening, um, especially if, let's say, they show up and it's not their designated period and they have that on file. They will likely call you. The school or the child center will call you and say, hey, we see on here this is not a period. Is this OK? We don't have any you know, letter from you saying that this was authorized. It'll put you on notice so that you can act quicker versus trying to figure out um, what to do after it's already happened in your the school or the daycare is looking at you um, deer in headlights. So, with that being said, um, I think I did it. <laughs> I was able to narrow down some of um, my points and still talk about them and then explain the importance of what you can do and your in the remedies available to you to do that to be able to get your child back or children back. And so, I hope this was helpful. Um, this was, um, something that I should have probably talked about earlier on in season two, but it came up, you know, I thought about it. I've been having, um, an influx of calls about it. And I said, let me do a podcast on it because <laughs> that's usually, um, helpful for people. So share this with someone who has children. Um, make sure that, uh, if you, Are in a position where you have um, experiencing, are you are experiencing this? You reach out to a family law attorney. I would love to be able to chat with you. If you would um, like to chat with me, you can check out the show note details to figure out how to get in contact with our office. And until next time, take care. Bye for now.